Hi, homies. How are you doing? Thank you so much for listening to the show. I cannot believe that we're at episode 31. How did that happen? And I've been getting emails from all around the world from people telling me how they've discovered the podcast and what it's meant to them. So yeah, it's been an amazing experience and I'm so glad I've done this. Thank you so much for coming on board and sharing this ride with me. Today, we are speaking with a lovely gentleman. His name is Roger Savage and he has 40 years of homeopathic experience behind him. Wow. So one thing I really appreciate in any person is when they are open-minded enough to look at a paradigm that contradicts their own. So I think in this day and age when there's so many new discoveries being made and so many new different ways of seeing the world, if we can all stay open-minded and just consider that maybe things aren't quite the way that we were taught, then really wonderful possibilities can open up for us. The reason I say this is that even though Roger has this 40 years of experience behind him, this method of prescribing called human chemistry or homeopathic detox therapy, which is actually developed by Dutch homeopath Ton Janssen, came across Roger's path. Now, initially, he was a little bit skeptical because being classically trained, like most of us homeopaths are, this completely went against what he was taught. But he was open-minded enough, enough to explore this topic and could see the merits. And now he is helping Ton present seminars all over the world. I have attended these seminars as well, and I've been using this method for over two years and have been getting exceptional results. In fact, I credit this program to why my clinic is so busy that a few months ago I had to close my books. I simply couldn't take on any more clients. And now I have two more homeopaths on my team with another two joining very shortly. We are getting such great results with this method and it's such a privilege to have Roger on today to tell us a little bit more about it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout podcast, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we are hanging out with homeopath Roger Savage, all the way from the UK. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, Eugenie. Yes, I'm in a place called Saffron Walden. Um, the name um, means um, the market in, it was originally the market in the woods where saffron was available. Oh, wow. Is there still uh, from was, there? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think there's any sign. Um, <laughs> so it was Chipping Walden originally, which was the market in the woods. And it mm -hmm. was a market where a lot of saffron was grown, which was so valuable where, as a medicine and as a dye. Absolutely. No, I'm just south of Cambridge, UK, you know, the famous mm -hmm. King's College Chapel and and right. such like joys. And it is extremely wet, uh -huh. unlike your fine Australian yes. weather. Well, we've had the wettest winter in more than 20 years here in WA, and we just had a oh. downpour this week. So winter just likes to put his head back in every now and again and say, hey, just one more thing. I'm not done just yet, but we have got a nice sunny day today. <laughs> so Roger, tell us about how you first got into homeopathy, because it spanned several decades now. So I'm very interested right. to hear how you first got into it. Well, as a child, I had a lot of earaches and also tonsillitis. And amazingly, for the 1950s, my parents were not in favor of what 
then was the standard treatment, which was an operation to take out the tonsils. Amazingly um, insightful of them. And the, I remember hearing the GP saying, I've shot my bolt, an old expression meaning there's nothing else I can do. So they thought, all right, we'll take him to a homeopath. So they found one. And I don't know at this distance of time what she gave me for the throat, but that got better. Later, um, I had earache. And again, uh, GP couldn't help much. So homeopath um found a remedy. And again, I don't now know which it was uh, and told me not to wrap my scarf around my ears. So you <laughs> see a little bit of natural health advice at the same time, building up what Hahnemann used to call habits of hardiness. Mm -hmm. So don't mollycoddle self too much. <laughs> Face what comes. <laughs> and then, as happened with teenagers, I got quite spotty around the face or head. Now, I was there given a prescription, SSC, sulfur, uh, silica, and carbon, carbovege, I think. Mm -hmm. It didn't do anything because that was too superficial. So I didn't think anything much more about homeopathy for a few years. Then when I was at university, I was feeling unwell one winter, and a young man had just joined my college who had been in India and there studied some homeopathy. And he took my case and said, you need silica. So he ordered some silica 1M. And I took a dose. And at that point, I'd become rather, you know, a little bit sort of morning lazy as students did and would tend to wake up about 9, 10 in the morning. And the day after I'd had that silica 1M, I was awake at seven and went into college breakfast and people looked around what had happened. There was a whole regeneration. Um, a few months later, I had a horrible eruption on my knuckles. And by then, on his advice, I bought a Burica and I looked at that Burica Materia Medica. No Kent or anything in those days. I only knew Burica. And I read the description, you know, uh, severe cracking on the knuckles. And I knew, and, and then I looked up and it said, Thuya patients cannot tolerate onions. So I thought, I think it might be Thuya. So I took Thuya and the fingers were magically better. <laughs> and this kind of thing happened. Oh, um, and then when I'd finished at university, the eruptions were back again. And I went to visit a nearby homeopath, and he gave me a prescription, which was Heparsulf 6C every two hours, no time limit. Mm -hmm. Now, I would like your whole audience to know that is bad prescribing. Mm -hmm. To do something every two hours as a kind of routine with no time limit, unless you are palliating a terminal case which I most certainly wasn't at the age of 22. Mm -hmm. That is bad prescribing. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, it induced in me an almost diabetic state. And I had a hunch one day, I think I should take a single high potency dose of Heparsulf. So I got it from the pharmacy. Heparsulf 1M took the dose. And then I was on the underground train going between two offices. And I then realized I 
desperately needed a toilet. There was going to be a problem. <laughs> and I got on the wrong train and went the wrong way. So I had to hold on tight and do this five stations back, run to the office and then, ah. But with that release, the whole sugar reaction stopped. Wow. So remedies are strong, mm -hmm. but we must give the right one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yes. these were very um, vivid learning experiences. Mm -hmm. And how did you then decide to study homeopathy yourself? What was it that you initially studied at university? <laughs> I did two years of Latin and Greek, which we call <laughs> classics, and then felt I need to make a change. So I did English literature. And this man who treated me with bad homeopathy said something even more outrageous. He said, look, I'm retiring. Why don't you buy my practice? <laughs> I do acupuncture as well, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. And I thought, I can't walk in here who've had no training and treat all these people and, as it were, from a kind of staple gun, fire needles into people. I can't do this. I said to him, I've got to experience a little bit more of life first. Mm -hmm. And I wondered what to do and then remembered while at university, I'd done some English teaching. So and for the rest of the 1970s, I was a English teacher in a language school. But towards the end, there were some family illnesses and I wanted to be able to help. And various of the students had problems. And some of them even came from homeopathic families. And I wanted to help them and did. And I thought, OK, it's time to change. But my route of change was a strange one because I wanted to know why that relative was ill. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I must take a training in radionics. So subtle vibrational medicine. So I found a really strange person as a teacher who lived in, on the island of Tenerife. So in the Christmas of that year, I was two months. I had summer in winter because it's very summery down there, even at the darkest days of the year and had a training. And I started in that practice for two years. But then I found working that way was very draining on the energy. And again, a spirit moved me within. And one day I didn't open the device. I sat down, took out a notepad and said, ma'am, please tell me your symptoms. Mm -hmm. And that was my first spontaneously homeopathic case. Then um, went to do a training at Mission Orland School. Mm -hmm. um, he has this well-known school of homeopathy, which certainly has branches in America and he has worldwide connections. So I was then suddenly trained in classical homeopathy and proceeded from there over these years. Amazing. That was a long speech, Eugenie. That's Please beautiful. Oh, I love <laughs> hearing people's stories. It's just beautiful. Um, and interestingly, the type of homeopathy that you, I would say, specialize in these days is a very far cry from what would be classical homeopathy. Can you tell us a little bit about Ton Janssen and this uh, new method human of chemistry? Human yes. chemistry, yeah. yes. yes. And I have been using it just for over two years myself, and I have seen incredible results in my clinic, and it's made my practice so busy. Um, so I am super excited about talking to you about this today. Oh, good. Well, as you say, I trained as a classical practitioner, but I suppose having had the radionic background, I had a sense there can always be a story behind the story. 
Now, Eugenie, if you come into my practice and say, I get these awful headaches. I get them on a Tuesday when I go to fill the car with fuel. Any other problems? No, just that. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, that would be a simple case. And because of the circumstances in which you get the headache, the day is probably irrelevant, but filling the car with fuel is very relevant. And I might well give you petroleum for your headache. Or if you said, oh, no, no, I've got a diesel car, I might give you diesel. Or to be truly homeopathic, I might give you petroleum for a diesel headache and diesel for a petroleum headache. <laughs> And then if you say, I get headaches because the children keep wanting me to sit out with them in the sunshine where I prefer to sit in the shade. Mm -hmm. And whenever I sit in the sunshine, I get this awful headache, whatever I do. So I probably say, look, I suggest you have a dose of natrium muriaticum mm -hmm. because we know um, from long decades of, of, of accumulated experience that a person needing natrimure can get an awful headache in the bright, strong sunshine, such as you get in Perth. Absolutely. But I've then, used... go on. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I have used natrimure often for my kids when they've had a big day out in the sun. And, you know, that evening, right. they be like, mommy, I've got a sore head and one dose yeah. of natmur and it's all good. I was going to quickly just say in there as well for our listeners that are new to homeopathy. So petroleum is the remedy that's made from petrol. And we obviously have a remedy that's made from diesel and it's got none of the actual diesel or petrol in there, only the energetic signature of it. That that That's exactly it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it's made um, well. Let's be absolutely accurate for any mm -hmm. scientific listeners. There is material in our doses, but it's of such a fine consistency. We do not yet have laboratory equipment sensitive enough to see it. Mm -hmm. So it is not true that there's nothing in our remedies, but it is not yet detectable. Mm -hmm. There must be something there because if we take if we go along, say, on your shelves, that row of pills, they all look the same. If a patient says, what remedy did I have? Well, they were little white pills. <laughs> yes, ma'am. They all are. <laughs> and nobody can see what they are. It's not like a drug where if it's got a mark across the middle, you know, it's this one. And if it's mm -hmm. pink, you know, it's that one. But there is something there, but we can't yet see it. Even mm -hmm. an electron microscope can't see it. Mm -hmm. So and the natrium muir. That is Latin for sodium chloride, but it's not enough with a headache like that just to have a drink of salty water. And if you have too much of that, it will make you vomit anyway. Mm -hmm. But our dose is so finely prepared, it will act medicinally. Beautiful. But now the fact that your children always respond to that, sun, uh, that, that remedy means they are healthy in their inmost essence. But suppose you or they do not respond to the apparently indicated remedy. What's going on? And as you know, in your practice, we then have to ask ourselves, what in your story is what our founder, Hahnemann, called an obstacle to cure? Now, I can tell you an example of an obstacle to cure. A month or two after I finished at university, I was doing some work actually at a health food store in the town. Somebody asked me to help run a health food store. 
and I was for a while staying in a room which was damp. And I was becoming more and more wheezy. Then one day I found that the storage heater was not metered. So I put it on, the room dried out and the wheeziness vanished. <laughs> so what we call the maintaining cause or the obstacle to cure was the dampness in the room. Mm -hmm. Now, it means that I am sense sensitive to living in a damp room, but then many people will mm -hmm. be. Yeah. One of the biggest changes in public health is the improvement in um, diet, hygiene and sanitation, mm -hmm. more actually than all medicines. Mm -hmm. I know we say people live on junk food. I know many do, but it's not downright filthy. Many places where we live are not infested with vermin, which they mm -hmm. were 250 years ago when mm -hmm. people like Hahnemann began in work. Mm -hmm. They were dealing with much worse situations. Mm -hmm. But we have a new problem now, which is that we will meet patients who have had a great deal of medication, mm -hmm. a great deal of vaccination and immunization. Mm -hmm have been exposed to many toxic chemicals. Absolutely. So I give you your natrumure and it doesn't work. And yet it matches every symptom in the book. And you, as a patient with a little bit of knowledge of homeopathy, say, yes, I agree. And in fact, if I do drink a little bit of salt, it helps it a bit. But still the remedy isn't working. So then I say, Eugenie, could you please fill in a timeline for me? And I give you this form. And a bit like the English Natural, Nas uh, National Health Service, I want to know your story from the cradle to the grave. Mm -hmm. Well, not the grave yet, but mm -hmm. from the cradle, actually from conception. Pre-cradle, pre absolutely, yeah. Pre-cradle, yes, mm -hmm. I want to know. Because forget that I use the word you, a person. Mm -hmm. Suppose it turns out that somebody's father came from a family where they were all schizophrenic mm -hmm. and uh, mother's family had been taking what you call them hallucinogenics pleasure mm -hmm. drugs mm -hmm. and some nearby relative had been suicidal or we even, already know there's difficulty go on or even even these days where there are so many rounds of IVF before conception so thank there's, you there's one yes mm -hmm. yes absolutely that's slightly less dark but nonetheless a big intrusion mm -hmm. And another question is, was somebody a wanted child? Because there is a vibration from being unwanted, mm -hmm. just as there is from being unloved. Absolutely. And many older people won't know these things. But if they see it on a form, if they ignore the question, but some people are, are ready enough to answer. And we already get some picture. So we ask about conception. OK, mm -hmm. we ask about the pregnancy now. You say IVF, but what about all the treatments some people have in pregnancy? Absolutely. Frequent ultrasounds, mm -hmm. drugging, they can't sleep, or, mm -hmm. or, or medical anti-nauseants. Absolutely. Steroid treatment is a big issue. Mm -hmm. And then we ask about the birth. Mm -hmm. Now, how many people can say natural birth at home? Mm -hmm. That is one where there is no medical story to tell, mm -hmm. but it's less common. Mm. 
there's usually a lot of intervention mm. and it can leave its mark. Yes, maybe. And, and of course, if it was necessary, we make no criticism, but we need to know that story. Absolutely. And then what was going on in the first year of life, the year in which the child we hope is being breastfed? Mm -hmm. Because if mother has antibiotics, steroids, um, this and that, during that time, it will pass to the child. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, uh, immunization vaccines are now given in large quantities clustered together. Mm -hmm. So whatever anyone thinks about this as a means of preserving health, it's a lot of information to put into a young system all at one go. Completely. And if, if one asks to have them spaced out, they refuse, quoting what they call the idiot factor. If I leave you to ask for it later, you'll forget and it won't happen. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, this is all pushed in together and repeated. Mm -hmm. So we see this as a definite factor in the building up of toxins. Mm -hmm. In the orthodox view, we are improving the immunity of the patient. In our view, we are lowering the immunity because we are replacing the natural immunity of the human body. So then we ask about the first four or five years when the child is young, but at least weaned, we hope, and then say, all right, tell me about the rest of life. Now, I don't see this often, but uh, homeopaths in the USA working this method can sometimes be dealing with patients who've had 30 or 40 courses of antibiotics, 10 or 12 or more courses of steroids, multiple immunization. And if they are people who do worldwide traveling, they may also have tropical vaccine. There may be all kinds of additional things. If they are uh, doing horticulture or agriculture, they will be using strong pesticides and weed killers, mm -hmm. which are supposed to be safe for humans, but these have strong effects. Mm -hmm. So we see all these things as a toxic load and very often an obstacle to cure. Mm -hmm. And in our human chemistry method, we have a way of ordering these in terms of severity and give courses of remedy treatment, as you know now from your experience, ascending potencies, which we don't routinely do in classical homeopathy. And the experience is that it works to reduce or even remove that load. Mm -hmm. Shall I give you an example? Oh, please do. Absolutely. Go for there it. There was somebody I know well, and I've heard her not third hand, but first hand report this and seen the blood test result, who was found on both a hair and a blood test to have a very high level of lead in the blood. She used other methods of removal and they didn't work and in fact induced in her an allergy to those treatments. She went to Ton Janssen and said, help. Mm -hmm. They could find no reason for the lead, but noted that she had had quite a lot of metal fillings in the teeth. 
So initially he gave treatment to balance out the effect of all those fillings. And there was some improvement. Lead, ideally in our blood, would be zero. Her reading was 12. After the first course of treatment, it went to seven or eight, I think. So not good, but an improvement. He then gave her lead in potency, as well as, again, the tooth filling material in potency, Mm -hmm. and another aspect of lead in potency for either eight or 16 weeks as a course. And at the end of that time, the reading went down to two. Mm -hmm. They repeated it with also some supplements for boosting the immunity, and the level went to either 0.1 or 0.2. Wow. So there was verification by blood test, mm-hmm. a clinical result that the treatment had worked. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't suppression because the lady is extremely well and mm-hmm. full of vigor and smiling. Mm-hmm. As we saw in a recent webinar, I asked her to tell the story for the participants who didn't know of it. So if we deal with things like that by drug methods, we may remove the obvious problem, but people often don't feel very well afterwards. Mm -hmm. So treatment completely successful, patient not feeling well. We are looking to raise a person's vitality as well as remove problems. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Somewhere else, uh, another area where I found uh, the human chemistry method very successful is in treating parasites. So I have had several of my oh, clients yes. who have been to naturopaths and spend hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars on supplements mm. for months, trying to get mm. rid of parasites. And they keep going back for stool tests and the parasites are still there. Very often dientamoeba or blastocystis. And we do a detox series of these parasites and within eight to 12 weeks, a stool test confirms that there's no more parasites and no yucky herbs needed to be taken. Nothing else needed to be done, just the detox series. And another area that I've had great success with is candida, which can be so systemic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if you have candida in a child, it's very hard Mm -hmm. to get them to do the candida diet. And mm. even in adults, adults find it hard enough to stick to a candida diet because, you know, you get to have to take out all the fun stuff. But I have several times helped to clear candida in my clients without having to make any changes to their diet. So I cannot rave about the human chemistry method enough. Well, that marvelous that you've done it without making them change the diet. Ton would look at you in surprise. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you know, if something is working, great. So... <laughs> He always says, we can't just give remedies. Mm -hmm. We must look to somebody's life path and their lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. um, uh, that, that It's no good living on junk food and 10 cups of coffee, eight cups of tea, um, what you call it, a kilo of sugar a week and so Mm -hmm. on. And then take one pill of something and expect expect to be fighting fit. (laughs) They'll say, look, we must have a diet full of natural energy, mm-hmm. you know, a, a fresh vegetables and the like and, and good food mm-hmm. and try to keep a balance in life. He always says walk at least an hour a day. Well, I don't always achieve an hour, mm-hmm. but we do like to do our, our walking. We need that life balance as well. Mm-hmm. But that's tremendous that you've managed it in the children without taking them off their 
their, their sweets. I'm going to ask you after this interview what exactly your trick is with them. Because <laughs> I think when, when, it, when it was a more uncomplicated case, because and maybe the diet yes. wasn't quite as bad, because if you do have somebody living just off junk food, then like you said, that be, maintaining cause, absolutely. And like you said, if you're living in a damp building, if you're living next to a park and they're spraying glyphosate on a regular basis, if you have parents exactly. in the home that are smoking, if you have, if yes. your school is maybe next to a 5G tower and you're constantly yes. having that onslaught on your vital force, yes. you're not going to have quite as good results without removing some of those maintaining causes because the remedies can only work so hard. <laughs> yes. Or we have to keep repeating them if people will cannot or will not change. And I'm sure we'd both like to emphasize to people that all our remedies are of perfectly acceptable taste. The pills are, there's nothing that is unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Nothing involves any nasty procedure. We do not inject. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be put on the skin. We we help wounds as well as long-term problems. So we Mm -hmm. can treat acutes. Now, Mm -hmm. if somebody comes having hit their thumb with the hammer, I don't say, could you just please fill in a timeline? (laughs) Oh, you're a sun worshipper, are you? Ah, that's the problem. I say, right, take a dose of Hypericum, 200, 1,000 or Mm 10,000. And I saw this happen in a boy who had shut his hand in the car door. And he came in with the hand bandaged, held under his arm, bent forward. Um, His mother brought him in, you know, at the start of the school day. So I gave him his high Hypericum. And when they walked out of the house with the hand with the bandage on, he took the car key and unlocked the car. (laughs) Amazing. Nice. (laughs) And we don't need a timeline there. Mm -hmm. So the classical method is the most elegant. Mm -hmm. If we can make somebody vastly better or even cured with one remedy and very, very few doses, nothing like it. And I always say, and have said it in the foreword to all Tom's books, when he has cleared the person of their toxic load and their imbalances, he is a classical homeopath Mm -hmm. because they will then come with clear-cut problems and they will get basically a single remedy, more or less. We don't endlessly give complex prescriptions. But it depends on the cases. And of course, you know the law of affinity. We draw the patients who are either going to teach us something or who know that there's a chance we'll be able to help them. I agree with that. And also, we may get patients who've been to other homeopaths who have used the elegant classical method and to everyone's frustration, including theirs, haven't unlocked the door and haven't managed to let the healing force flow. Mm -hmm. So then we say, okay, now let's go back and get that timeline. Let's see the story. Ah, oh, right. It didn't merely happen when you had a shock, but you had just had, oh, right. Look at that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've had this many times. And then then we start to unlock the story and then 
recovery begins. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wonder, Roger, how did you first discover Ton's method? Because uh, you've been practicing for around 40 years, and I really applaud you for actually exploring his method because a lot of homeopaths that have been doing this for a long time really shun this way of prescribing. How were you open-minded enough to consider this, and what was it that drew you to it? I had heard from a person I was working with that this man, Ton Janssen, he had worked to some extent with a um, a well-known Dutch homeopath called Tina Smits. Mm -hmm. And I had met Tina Smits once for for dinner and knew about his work with a method called Cease. And I'd not been very happy with that because the, 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 the title, the name Cease, I feel is misleading because we do not completely eliminate anything, Mm -hmm. which is what their title means. Mm -hmm. But then when Dr. Tinas fell ill, Ton Janssen took over his teaching and I'd heard his courses were becoming popular and somebody and even perhaps he himself sent me his book, Fighting Fire with Fire. And I wasn't really sure about the title. But when I read it, my hair stood on end Mm. and I thought, what is this man doing? What are all these prescriptions? What on earth is he up to? But then when I met him, he visited over here to see somebody and I went and spent a day with him. Oh, I see. Well, this sounds rather good because we all have cases who stick with us, but we're not bringing about any real result. And I thought we we should offer your training, right? There's nobody, you're not teaching in England now. This is in the dim distant days when one had live meetings, you know. Uh, we got him over to do two or three seminars in England and then moved it to London where it grew. And then somehow I took it over. And then immediately we came to the world of lockdowns. And I said to him, much to his unwillingness, because he hates technology. I said, (laughs) we must do this by webinar. Mm -hmm. Oh, do we have to? Yes, because we can reach the whole world. Mm -hmm. All right. And we now do have, as you know, a worldwide Mm -hmm. community. You in Perth can attend us, uh, albeit we're starting in our morning, it's your evening. And then in the afternoon, the Americans join us and it's their very early morning. Otherwise, we're all burning up aeroplane fuel, shooting around Mm -hmm. the world. And we can just sit and absorb this way. And we've learned how to make the the teaching lively. Mm -hmm. So, yes, in the beginning, I was startled and then read and thought, well, yeah, maybe let's hear him. Mm -hmm. And then hearing his explanations. And one of his quotes is, the practice of homeopathy should be about clear clinical results. And I'd never thought like that. And he was taking note of physical symptoms where classically, we often didn't much. We said, look, if I've got your mental picture right, the body will follow. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, it did. If you were in one of the higher levels of health. Mm -hmm. But I think you... And some of your listeners will know of George Vitulkas mm-hmm. and uh, his teaching about levels of health. So top level is the people who are basically totally fit. A few minor things happen. They will have 
one or two acute remedies in the course of half a lifetime and always an instant result. And as we go down, we get to level 12, where they are so riddled with illness, there is no question of cure. The most we're doing is short-term palliation because mm -hmm. it's terminal. Mm -hmm. Most of us are somewhere in the middle where we have got all kinds of load upon us, but we can still respond. And this ties in with Ton and what he calls his hierarchy of toxins. Mm -hmm. So we have to know in which order to do them. And there's something else he explained. Don't use the layers of the onion method, starting with the most recent problem and working back to the oldest, but do it according to how deeply these influence, influences can go into the system. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, and in fact, treat several of them together, we avoid aggravation, mm -hmm. or if anything, it's terribly minor. Mm -hmm. So his method is thorough, and it should be without upheaval. And it's very sophisticated. He makes it very clear. You yes. know, I just bought his book yeah, a couple of years ago, and it was very easy understanding how to use the system and um, you know, instant results straight away. And I've gotten so many other homeopaths onto his method as well, and they've had really good results as well. It's really um, a prescribing method for our time, the times yes. that we're in. Mm. Yes. And the people who are taking the training either revise their medical sciences or learn their medical sciences. He has introduced into regular practice neurotransmitters, hormones, potencies of these chemical toxins, potencies of other influences. And effectively, these are new remedies, but they're a vital part of our work. And um, some of them are mainstays of the work now, and they're not yet really known mm -hmm. uh, in classical homeopathy. Mm -hmm. There are a few references in the repertory, but not many. Mm -hmm. I really feel that this method of prescribing is such a great tool for us to use. It makes mm. me feel as a as a practitioner, very empowered, having all yeah. these tools at my disposal, because it feels that it doesn't matter what a client comes in with, I have got something that's going to help them on some level. And we're never going to run out of ideas because there's always so many remedies that can help. Can you maybe that's for our right. listeners, just to give them a little bit of a tease of some of the amazing remedies that we have to work with, tell them some interesting substances that we have remedies made from. Oh, I wasn't prepared for that question, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'll tell you one. GHB, gamma-hydroxybutyrate. Mm -hmm. Now, he has pointed out that addiction is a big feature of our present-day life. Now, it's not just uh, addiction to cannabis, addiction to cocaine. It is addiction to our activities, addiction to the computer, and mm -hmm. even... You know, some people belong to societies representing their particular illness. Mm -hmm. So the many society and so on. And it's almost as though their illness gives them an identity. Mm -hmm. That, he says, is like an addiction. So included in the treatment, mm -hmm. we may give them GHB mm -hmm. to reduce the... There isn't quite addiction. We've become habituated we have identified with this state of being mm -hmm. and we want to change that so that we say, all right, I do still have this problem, but it's not me. Mm -hmm. I can let it go. Now, it won't go in five minutes, mm -hmm. 
But certainly, if we give a teenage boy that GHB, he may agree not to go to bed with his iPad under mm-hmm. the covers, mm-hmm. fixedly looking at all those games and mm-hmm. um, rather lurid shows that are on, which are putting too many electronic vibrations mm-hmm. uh, into the pineal gland Absolutely. Uh, through the eyes and so on. So we might give pineal gland as a remedy. Mm-hmm. Pituitary is known in homeopathy, of course. Um, GABA, and I'm now not ready to remember, that's another gamma, and I have forgotten uh, what the rest of it is. That, when we give, brings people into a state of poise, Mm-hmm. It's the story of balance or imbalance. Hypothalamus. I can pull. I can pull over. Hypothalamus. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull over two of his books. So as I look at remedies now, then is is GABA in here? Actually, it isn't. Um, while while so, you're look while you're looking at those, yes. I'll quickly share with you a story. I'm so glad that you talked Please. about the G. You said GHB. Hey. Yes. Yes. So I was having a chat with one of the homeopaths on my team yesterday, and she was sharing a case that she's working on of a 12 year old who is completely addicted to his gaming. And the parents have taken away the computers, but he now has this incredible rage lashing out at his siblings and, you know, kicking and screaming and just being very malicious. So she was doing one of the lectures that you guys were putting on and discovered this remedy. So she's just about to try this on him for the addiction. So I'm interested to hear how she goes, because I think homeopaths these days have got a very interesting realm that we're working on with all this technology and kids have got technology in schools. They've got it 24 seven, you know, they have iPads, all these sorts of things, which is why I'm so grateful. My children are in a Steiner school. They've got no technology in the school and my kids do not own iPads. They have to play on the farm all weekend long. They don't get any technology and they're hating me for it now, but I'm sure one day they'll appreciate it because I'm just seeing all this addiction in children in the class. And it's very scary, but at the same time, wonderful that at least in homeopathy, we have something that can help. We are now talking to each other over a distance of whatever it is, 12,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks to technology. Means of, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I do not take my mobile phone into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. It's not by my bed. A well-known homeopath said, oh, keep your phone by the bed. You can use it as an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. No, 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 because the the other um, toxin I didn't mention is these electronic waves, mm-hmm. electrosmog. Mm-hmm. If people are, are sensitive, um, I had a problem and I got really ill. And I then one day remembered Ton Janssen saying, don't use an induction hob. It is like an open microwave. And I thought, I am using heating pads in the bed, which Mm -hmm. we've put into a microwave. Now, the microwave was in a far corner of the house, never cooked in. And I suddenly realized my blood is showing the beginnings of blood cancer. This is radiation sickness. Mm -hmm. So I immediately stopped. And within one month, I did have a blood test. The GP said, what did you do? It's all normal. I said, it was radiation, and I stopped it. You asked wow. about remedies. Mm-hmm. GABA is gamma aminobutyric acid. Mm-hmm. And he says it's like the Buddha in us. If we have too little, we're in fear and pain and fatigue, impatience and sleeplessness. When we restore it, we have a feeling of peace. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are other neurotransmitters working together. Dopamine, mm-hmm. if we lack it, 
we're fatigued and overweight. Mm -hmm. If we have it, we feel good. Mm -hmm. If it's too much, we're in artificial euphoria. Mm -hmm. Acetylcholine will help us to concentrate. I just want to say what you were saying about the dopamine as well. I think with social Mm. media, what they're saying is that when we're getting that like on our photo, it's like a dopamine release. So a lot oh, of right. people yes. that are actually addicted to social media, it's actually that dopamine uh, imbalance that's occurring there. Yes. And then later will become dopamine resistant. Mm-hmm. So if we have too much of something, when we need it later, we won't respond to it mm-hmm. because we've been super saturated. Mm-hmm. So just to be fair about the children, now the fact that they're in an anthroposophical school, a, a Waldorf school, and work out on the farm. This is fantastic balance. But neither of us is saying these technological things are bad. It's the overexposure and Mm -hmm. keeping them too close to the body. So you and I see young people walking up the road with their head down, squinting at this mobile phone and hardly aware where they're walking. Mm -hmm. If they're holding it to the ear, if they use an earpiece, Mm -hmm. they are putting these waves straight into the brain. Mm -hmm. This is where it's gone too far. It's, 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 balance. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad and, you've made the distinction. That's so true because we really can take the best of both worlds and make them uh, work for us. And just being aware of what it is that we're surrounding ourselves with and putting yes. in our bodies and on our bodies and keeping it all in balance. Yes, yes it, it is that balance. And mm-hmm. you are earthing your children, mm-hmm. literally keeping their feet on the earth. Mm-hmm. Any of their excess energies from the school computers will drain out. They will drain that energy out like putting an earth circuit on a, on the electricity mm-hmm. which is fantastic mm-hmm. most of us don't get that opportunity but in fact yesterday knowing it was going to turn wet today and yesterday was fine we walked the field so come to think of it we earthed ourselves mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, so in that same neurotransmitter circuit there's acetylcholine if we have too little we're forgetful and we can't learn and absorb mm-hmm. when we balance it we can concentrate again mm-hmm. then we know of serotonin if we lack it we're in depression and fear and again sleepless when we have it there's harmony so he teaches us this neurophysiology neurochemistry and that we by having these finely prepared remedies can actually reach those problems without bringing awful aggravations. Amazing. Oh, Roger, it's been so much fun having a chat with you today. And I wonder, can you just let our listeners know how they can get hold of you? Um, Yes, I think it's (laughs) rogerhomeopathy.com. So R-O-G-E-R-H-O-M-E-O-P-A-T-H-Y Com. And if any of you listeners are actually homeopaths, uh, you please make contact because we're running um, the training course with Tom Janssen on a continuing basis. We've even got two webinars next week. Mm-hmm. So if anybody likes, but otherwise we were just talking about really the joy of homeopathy, the mm-hmm. joy of helping others to feel better and being in good form ourselves, mm-hmm. isn't it? Wonderful. So any homeopaths interested in learning more about this method can get in touch with you and we'll link your email address for that in the show notes, which I know is slightly different to your normal email address that we use. So we'll just pop that all in the show notes so people can get hold of you. 
That's nice. Thank you, Eugenie. It's yes. a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Roger. It was lovely speaking with you. And uh, I look forward to doing more of Ton's uh, courses with you. Excellent. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Goodbye, Eugenie. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.